uh, Wednesday night, I encourage every one of you, if you have a desire to be used by God in one of these gifts, please be here on Wednesday night. If you're a little afraid, please talk to me so we can deal with it, with it because the Bible is very clear. It says God, that's in Romans chapter 8, beginning, for, uh, beginning from verse 14, it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then it says, we have not received again the spirit of bondage to fear. So if you are afraid, there is a bondage there in your life. If you are afraid of God's gifts, something is not right. If you say, well, I don't want to, be, I don't want to mess with that, that's for them. Something is wrong. God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear, but he has given us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry to him, Abba, Father. This is the work of your Father. The spirit, the spirit life, the Christian life is a supernatural life. You cannot live a supernatural life in an ordinary way. You need the Spirit of God to walk with you supernaturally, yet you are natural, and God does supernatural things through your life. You don't have to scream. You don't have to act out of your person. You just be you, and He walks through you. I've seen that. He walks through you in very simple ways, and then it amazes everybody that says what God is doing through you. And then God starts sending people to you because he knows you are willing and can help them because you have given yourself to be used. So I really encourage you to come on Wednesday night. We're going to have praise and worship, and we're going to have time here to wait on God for these gifts to be manifested. If you haven't prophesied before, you can prophesy. We've already talked about how God will give you words of prophecy. He says in his word that in the last days he will pour his spirit upon all flesh. And they shall prophesy. That's you. His spirit is here today. This is more of the last days than when that was written. This is more of the last days. And so God is still pouring his spirit upon all flesh. And if you want, he wants to use you. The thing about the gifts of the Spirit is not that God wants you to have something to say, well, I got this gift. No, He's wanting to use you to reach out to others. And you need these gifts to be able to effectively reach them. And if you say, I don't want to bother myself with that, basically what you're telling God, I don't want to be bothered with what you're doing. Just leave me. I'm okay being a Christian. I just want to get to heaven. That's all I want. But God is crying out. He's looking for somebody to bridge the gap, right? He needs a man. He's looking. And you are it. If you really want to be, then make yourself available. And God is not a respecter of persons. And once you say, yes, God, use me, by and by, you begin to see what he's going to be doing through you. He will amaze you, yourself. You will be amazed. God, me? That's where you, it comes so natural. But you can teach these things. Amen. 
That's the good part. You can actually teach these things. That's why we have the scriptures. And if people believe these things, then they act on it by faith, and God endorses it. Amen? These signs shall follow them that believe. You are a believer. These signs are already guaranteed. They are part of your life. Don't deny them. They follow you. Even though you don't acknowledge them, they're following you. Acknowledge them and let God use you with these signs. These signs are designed to help others come to Him. So that's what we're asking. Most of the time it starts with what the Scripture tells us about prophecy. That's what the Bible tells us. He tells us in, in Acts chapter 2 that the Spirit of God, when He comes, the first thing, they will pray in tongues. That's what happened. And, but then He says, they will prophesy. So we want to come. You learn how to prophesy. Amen. And then after you go through that, God begins to show you some other things that you, he, he wants to do through you. And once He begins to use you, then this feeling of inadequacy, self-loath, and nobody, those things will leave. You're somebody, amen? God's using you to affect lives. People's lives are being changed, and they're calling you, and we need help from you. All of a sudden, you begin to realize, hey, God, Jesus lives in me, and is working through me. That's what it is. And uh, the, the, the thing about prophecy, and I'm going to repeat it so you know, because we may not be going through that on Wednesday night. What God does is He will let you know that He wants you to speak out in tongues. Amen? Don't hesitate. Don't look around. Because what if you look around, you are afraid of men. Because what you're doing is, I don't know what they'll think if I do this. They may think I'm not spiritual enough to do this. Who is, going to, who is the one to judge you with spiritual? Sometimes those that you think are really spiritual are not spiritual at all. They just know how to shake more in services. <laughs> Amen. Until you get close, you find out, oh, oh, yeah. this is the same guy that does that. That's the way it is. You don't judge. They're just looking. So you're spiritual if you are born again. Amen. You're qualified if you are born again. So come ready. God, here am I. You can use me. So he tells you, I want you to speak out in tongues. Speak it out in tongues. And then God will give an interpretation. And you will be amazed what's happened. You can speak that few words that, and you are still embarrassed thinking, well, I wonder why I even spoke. And then after the meeting, somebody walks up to you, you know, brother, that was for me. And you say, really? God really used me? And the person is very thankful. Doesn't that, would that not feel really good? I mean, you feel good that when you pray that night, your prayer is going to be touching heaven there. God's used you. That's what this thing is all about. So I encourage you, come, don't be afraid, and wait and see what God will do. He may give you just a scripture. But if we all come together according to what Paul says, and we all begin to prophesy, he says, all will be blessed, all will be built up, and then we all will be encouraged in the Lord. That's what it is. And if we come together in one mind, the Holy Spirit will actually come down on us and unusual things will begin to take place in your own life that you may not even be aware of. And it's for the future. God is, just like Angela said earlier, He's beginning to build something. 
He knows you are ready now. Most Christians just want to be ordinary. They just want to go to church on Sunday, sit in the pew, and listen to the pastor, and give the offering and all of that. The pastor will like the offering, but I want you to work. Amen? I want you to come back to the church and tell me, I was over here, and guess what? I prayed for this lady, and look, God did this. I'm saying, you're becoming an evangelist. You're coming great. I rejoice in that. That's what ministry is all about. Not just to come to church, just to worship God. To worship in spirit and in truth. And so you live your life for Him. That's what Jesus did. He went to the, to the uh, synagogue on, on, on Saturday where He worshipped. But after that, He was out doing stuff for God. Amen? That's what it's supposed to be. So we'll talk about some gifts today. The, Paul says the greatest of the vocal gifts or the inspirational gifts is prophecy. He says desire to prophesy. Because in church services, for the most part, what happens is tongues and interpretation of tongues, which equals prophecy. Paul says if you can uh, speak in tongues for interpretation, that's good. But pray that you may be able to prophesy or interpret it, which will become prophecy, but you can bypass those two and just prophesy. And I told you what the purpose of prophecy is, the why God wants us to prophesy. The first thing it encourages people because you're speaking of things in their lives that they don't have any that they know you don't have any knowledge of. And so they know that's God speaking to me. It's happened to me here while the word of prophecy is being given. I know that's for me. And it encourages me. Basically, God is looking out for me. And so it encourages, it exalts people, challenges us, and then it brings comfort to you, to you, just as I spoke about Oral Roberts. So that's what the purpose is. But another purpose is for battle. Paul spoke of Timothy. He said, this prophecy, I want to challenge you, uh, Timothy, to commit to the prophecies that have been given to you because they were for you, given to you, for, so that you can wage a good warfare. So your prophecy is to be used for warfare. Those are the vocal gifts, and they are important for the church service. But the revelation gifts, the revelation gifts, we're talking about word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. It's usually not too big for a worship service. It's not that big for a worship service. But it's big, those gifts, this revelation gifts, the three of these are good when you are ministering on a one-to-one basis and trying to help somebody. It's not that they are not as important as prophecy, but in the church service, prophecy is primary, the number one there. And it could be when we come up front and we are praying on a one-to-one basis, that's when the revelation gifts come and they are very powerful. Very, very powerful. And they can be very great witnesses to those who are not believers. He shocks them. Now, I'm going to tell you what they are. The revelation gifts include, first, the word of wisdom. The Bible didn't say wisdom. So like, okay, God, give me the gift of wisdom. So now I'm a wise man. It's a spirit gift. It's called the word of wisdom. So 
this revelation gift word is a word. Word spoken. You see? That's why it's called the word of wisdom. Now, what the word of wisdom does, it ends every argument. Amen? He confounds the hearer. They are amazed at what they are hearing. And if they were arguing, the argument is over. This, okay, they have to concede. You're right. Because they can see it clearly. It's called the word of wisdom. And Jesus had a lot of this in his life, in his ministry. The word of wisdom, as he shared with people, uh, the word. I'm going to read a scripture here about uh, um, Stephen before he was stoned. And the reason he was stoned. You know, the church was very new then. And, and the word of wisdom usually comes from, from Scripture. And people asking you questions, and, and then you come up with an answer. And many of you probably have operated in this gift and didn't know it. Let me share it with you. Have you started saying something to somebody for about God? And you're speaking, and you're listening to yourself, wondering where that came from. Has that ever happened to you? You want, you're, list, you're speaking and you're listening to yourself. You're saying, boy, I'm smart. Where did that come from? This is wonderful. And the person goes, ah, huh? wow. It is every argument. It's like God, you, they're bugging you, and then all of a sudden God gives you all of it in one big capsule. And you know what you're saying, and you're speaking, and you're listening to yourself. And you're thinking, mine, this is great. I know of a girl, her name Lori, and uh, she attended church. The, the mother didn't like her going to Pentecostal church, but then she got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they were in the church. A son, she went back home, and she was with her mom in their, you know, their church, which I don't believe. And they had some kind of argument, and she was quiet. If you know Lori, she didn't speak much. And so they, but they pressured her by the, the mother. She called me, and she was telling me about what happened. Good luck. You won't believe this. He said, Laurie, what would you think? He said, well, I didn't know what to say. I just started speaking. And he says, good luck. I was listening to myself and wondering, where is this coming from? And after the service, everybody listened to her, and they were shaking their heads. They said, wonderful. Yeah. And then her mother felt really good. And she says, that's my daughter. <laughs> and she says, my mother was very proud of me on this day. And that's the way the word of wisdom works. Jesus had a lot of word of wisdom that he gave in his, in his ministry. Especially when they asked him questions. You remember the story where they brought the woman with uh, adultery? And they wanted to know from him, we want to stone this woman. She was caught in the very act. What do you have to say? They were trying to trap him. And he just came up with one simple answer. The one among you without sin, let him so through the first stone. And so the argument, everybody started dropping the rocks. We can't deal with this because he cut through everything. It's over. Now, in, in, if you look in, uh, in Matthew chapter 22, they wanted to trap him again. They had, uh, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Or shouldn't we? 
What do you say? Now, if he said, pay taxes to Caesar, then he would say, he is for Caesar. And he is part of the people oppressing us. Now, if he says, don't pay taxes to Caesar, then they will say, well, Caesar, he is telling them not to give you taxes just to trap him. And Jesus knew, and he said, why are you testing me? Give me a coin. I'm sure they didn't know where he was going, right? Give me a coin. And he says, whose superscription, or is that what they say, description is this? And they said, well, Caesar. And he said to them, well, give what belongs to Caesar back to Caesar. And what's God? Everybody went, oh, my God. Where did he come up with that? And it's the argument. Everybody goes home. There's no way to ask a question anymore. That's the word of wisdom. I'm going to share something in my own personal life. Just to, to let you know. I went in somewhere uh, when I was in the University of Georgia. And I was witnessing to my unbelieving friends and trying to get them to the Lord. And then I went in this particular day, and there was a man from the Church of Christ. The Church of Christ, if you move, they'll baptize you. That's the way everything about them is baptism. They say it's baptism, baptism. So he was preaching to these, my friends that they, if they want to be saved, just follow me and get baptized. And I said, no, that's not how to get saved. I said, you have to believe first, accept the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and, and then you can be baptized after you're saved. They said, no, baptism is what gives you salvation. I said, wow, that would be really easy. You just don't get everybody and then they're all saved. So he started showing me scriptures. He said, in, 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 uh, if, you, if you read the scripture, Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter, uh, Peter was saying, why don't you repent and be baptized, washing away your sins? He showed me that scripture. He says, son, I'm telling you, because he's one, he was one of the leaders of the Church of Christ in that town, Athens, Georgia. So I was dealing with somebody, just a college student, dealing with somebody who's well-schooled in their doctrine. And he was telling me, showing me scriptures. And he said, Peter said, baptize, washing away your sins. And the same thing with Paul. Repent, come, let's be baptized. Repent and be baptized. And you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he said, baptism is the important thing that gets you saved. And he kept pressing me. And I kept telling him, you're wrong. Don't tell my friends that. Because what they'll think is, I'll go and get baptized. And I'll be, that will be it. And I told him, I showed him Romans chapter 10, you know the Roman road. He said, yes, son, you are right. After you've given all of that, for them to be really saved, they have to be baptized. And then he went preaching at them. And then he turned to me and said, son, basically, you're real arrogant. You, got, you don't have any scripture to prove your case, but you keep insisting and saying you don't need to be baptized to get you your, get your salvation. He said, you have not shown me one scripture. I said, sir, I've been showing you different scriptures. And you wouldn't accept them. You always, somehow, you will interject <laughs> your baptism into it. He says, I said, it's the blood that washes away our sins. He said, yes, son, you're right. But it's the baptism that gets you to the blood. I said, well, that's a new doctrine. He said, yeah. They, if you are not baptized, you don't get to the blood. 
I said, is the blood that washes away your sins. He said, yeah, you're right. But you need to be baptized, and that's the avenue to get away. So finally, all of a sudden, God gave me just a word. He didn't know where I was going. But he was, a, he was a Bible scholar. So I told him, so do you agree that Egypt, the children of Israel, uh, when they were in Egypt, is the same thing as uh, our bondage to sin? He knew that. He said, yes. I said, so when God saved them from Egypt and uh, they left the land, that was their salvation? He said, yes. That's the, the type of it. And then I told him, uh, and, and, and said, which came first then? Because Rome, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 said they were baptized into, unto Moses at the Red Sea. Because he was arguing with me that the baptism, the water is what takes you to the, to the blood. I had never thought about that in my entire life. That's not something I think about. But this day, God gave that to me. So I said to him, uh, they were baptized unto Moses. Really? He said, yes, that's what I've been telling you. To be saved, you will baptize. I said, but which came first? The blood or the baptism? Because the blood was applied first in the Egypt, right? Before they were baptized. He said, sir, I never thought about that. That was the end of the argument. He, he couldn't say a word to me anymore. What am I saying to you? That's the power of the word of wisdom. He helps to put down every argument. And they can't resist the power and the wisdom with which you are speaking. But if you don't give yourself to accept all of these gifts, when you are in a situation like that, you are vulnerable. You can argue with them. I never thought about those things until that very moment. It was given to me, and from then on, I knew that. I knew the scripture, so if you bring that, I'll talk to you. But this is what the word of wisdom is for the children of God. When you're ministering to people, the word of wisdom will come to you, and you can share with people when they confront you with difficult questions. And then once you come up with the answer given to you by God, everything stops. They don't know what to do with you. And because they can't argue with you, they like to kill you after that. Let me read this scripture to you. Acts chapter 6, 9 through 10. It said, Then there arose some from the, what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist how, what? The wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. They couldn't handle it. This guy had so much wisdom. And you can read, when he opens his mouth, he's speaking, connecting things from scriptures. They're like, huh? You couldn't argue with him. So the next thing, we can't argue with him, we're going to kill him. And that's what they did. And that's how powerful the word of wisdom is is this just comes to you as you speak so that's the word of wisdom i'm going to go into the word of knowledge and how that works the word of wisdom god just gives it to you at the right time 
the word of knowledge again is a word it's a word of knowledge knowledge of something that you have no business knowing and the one you're dealing with knows that you have no way of knowing what you think it's a word because it's a word of knowledge and the word of knowledge is designed to bring deliverance to the one who is hearing it if they accept the word of knowledge just because the word of knowledge is given doesn't mean there's going to be deliverance the word of knowledge many of you have seen this happen on television they will say there's a person who have this kind of a pain in your shoulder you heard that them say that yeah that's the word of of knowledge and if you accept it instantly you're healed now how does that happen the word of knowledge comes by you just know you just know you're dealing with a person or ministering and you just know that this is what's happening it's more amazing when you're dealing with on a one-to-one basis because you just know and what i encourage people to do don't just tell them don't say the lord ask a question amen just put it in the form of a question ask is this happening to you and you will see their eyes go how did you know that and then you then you tell them the lord told me and at that time their faith hits the roof because they are saying god knows about my situation and then you follow god's going to free you from that now and they say yes i know it because you have no business knowing this he revealed it to you because he wants me free and you lay your hands on them and pray guess what they received your miracle so the word of knowledge is god just gives you you just know but put it in the form of a question there is another way that god works i mean we can't limit god but this is what i know <laughs> what i know is what i'm going to share with you another way that the word of knowledge comes to you is in pictures you'll see a picture or a mini vision you see this thing and you you probably think i'm going crazy why am i why is this why am i seeing this stuff what's going on that's what you think it shows you the picture briefly and it's taken from you but it stays with you what you need to do is speak what you're saying sometimes just describe what you're saying and to somebody in the room they know exactly what you're saying and he's ministered to them, and they're healed. Healed meaning from whatever is plaguing them, their life. They know that's for them. So God will give you that in pictures. And other times, with the word of knowledge concerning healing, you just know, since sometimes he gives you exactly the pain, you were not sick, you don't feel bad, your eyes are really good, you can't see, and all of a sudden, service is going on, and for a brief moment, Maybe you can't see. You're wondering, am I going blind? And then it comes right back to you. I'm just being very frank with you. It comes back to you, and you're wondering. You tell your husband, I think I'm getting sick. Something is wrong. No, God is giving you a word of knowledge. Somebody in the congregation is experiencing that. And so that's how the ministers can describe it, because they feel that pain, and they know exactly what part of the body the pain is, and so they speak the pain, and when they say it's your right shoulder, and they tell you exactly where it was because they're feeling it, as soon as they speak it, the pain leaves them, and you get healed. Amen? That's just how it works. Isn't it easy? We just need somebody to teach us, right? 
So when you're experiencing it, you can do that. And you can, you can walk with God. That's how this works. In my own life, I had, uh, let me go to the story of John Wimber. How powerful this is. Sometimes God will just write it out so you, like you're reading something. And you read it and you speak it. It's a word of knowledge. There's a man who started uh, what kind of uh, church? Vineyard church. Vineyard church. God used him in that word of knowledge. He gave himself to it and God used him greatly in that. But in his story, John said he was in a plane, you know, first class, sitting by this executive great fellow with a lot of money, I'm sure. And he was sitting by his wife and he had been committing adultery. And John was really good in this word of knowledge. And John turned to him and saw on his forehead written, adultery. And John said, oh God, not here. (laughs) And the name of the woman that he was committing. And his wife was sitting right by his side. John saw his word of knowledge sometimes in writing. And so he said, both of them true strangers. He said, sir, come here. Come here. You know, it's a jumbo jet, you know, where you got this level and the next level uh, is, is uh, what? Is it 547 they call it? 547, yes. Hey, you can correct me about that. It's 547, yeah. <laughs> and uh, John, John said, they were sitting in the lower level. John said, sir, come. And the man is looking, who are you? He says, come, come. And he leaned to him and he said, Sir, what does this name mean to you? And called the name of the woman. And the guy went. His wife was sitting and he says, Sir, I've got to talk to you. Let's go back up. And so they went up to the next uh, level. And he says, Sir, how did you know that name? He said, God told me, and God said, if you don't stop committing that adultery, you're going to die. The guy started crying, please, help me. He was, this executive was gone. He was praying, please, sir, what can I do to offer this? He said, well, you have to go down and tell your wife what's been going on. Oh, is there not another way? No, you got to tell your wife what's happening. He didn't want to die, so he was going to tell his wife. So he went back down, sat by his wife. He said, uh, wifey, if you will let me, I don't know her name. He says, uh, this is John. Uh, he's a preacher. She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he said, uh, God told him what has been happening in my life. And told her exactly how he knew the woman's name. And that he had been committing adultery. The funny thing about the story, she was more taken by the preacher and how God revealed it to her than being worried about her husband committing adultery. It's like, huh? You mean God still speaks to people like that? And guess what? They both came to the Lord on that day. That's how powerful this gift is. Now, the result is not always that way. In my own life, Tim P locked us in the room. You know, some of you have met Tim P. She locked, I was a college student. She locked us up all in the room and said, nobody leaves this room until you got word of knowledge or word of prophecy, whatever. And we didn't like it, but she locked the door and won't let us go. 
And we did what we could, but the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I was walking with this guy in a place and uh, on campus because I was trying to make some money to, to pay my fees at the University of Georgia then. And all of this, all I was hearing in my heart, adultery, adultery, over and over again. So I called the young man. I said, sir, have you committed adultery? His answer was, no. And I said, well, I guess I missed it. He said, sir, I am in adultery right now. And I don't know how to get away from it. He said, the woman's husband is in prison. He's going to be released. If he gets that, he's going to kill me. <laughs> he said, I don't know how to be free from this. And so I knew God had used me in this area. And God can use you to it. This is just one that stands out to me. But he uses you, especially when you're dealing with people on a one-to-one. Once you are open to these gifts, God will open himself and begin to share with you. And you don't pray for it. He's the gift of the Spirit. He just shows up and he lets you, helps you with what you're doing, trying to help somebody. Amen? Now, there was a lady, and I'm going to close with this because of time. I will continue last time. This was in Nigeria. This girl, I had been cast, trying to cast out demons from her every day. She came every single day. And before Pastor Paul, the pastor, he was helping me. I was training him. And it was easy for me to get these demons out. But this particular one, he wouldn't go. And she would swirl and do all the crazy stuff. And she tries to get away from my hand. She says, your hand burned like fire. And but the demon will not leave. And it was occupying my time constantly. But she was there all the time. And usually when she comes, she will come with a few guys with her. And, and, and the guys are like servants to her. She can tell them to do whatever she wants and they'll do it. And this day, after a, a long time, I said, I, she came in, and I sat down in my chair, and I was very frustrated. And inside of me, I cried out to God. From inside, I said, God, what's going on? Why can't I get this devil out? I've done everything I know to do according to scriptures. But this demon will not leave this girl. And he replied very gently to me, she doesn't want him gone. And you know how when God speaks to you, you are not, you are not, when you are frustrated, you are not very careful and don't realize who you are dealing with. I shot back at him and I said, how can you say he's, she comes here every day? How can you say? And then I realized, oh, you're talking to God, you can't do this. But I was doing it out of my frustration. So basically, I replied, no one could hear, but it was between me and my heart and him. And I said, how can you say it? She comes here every day, and she spends so much time with me trying to get this demon out. And he gently spoke back. She doesn't want him out. She wants it. She enjoys it. And I was frustrated. And all of a sudden, this girl started boasting. I had a little Bible study in my home then, and... Uh, Pastor Paul was one of those individuals that came to the home. She said to me, no, I didn't solicit from it. I, I, she didn't know what was happening. She said to me, uh, good luck. Not everybody that comes to your Bible study is a good person. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, I know they are not all good persons. I said, how do you know that? She said, the demon told her. 
And so I said, where is the demon? Every time I ask her, she says, the demon is standing outside the door of my house. And I said, why don't he come in with you? She says, he doesn't like you and don't like your house. I said, I'm a, I'm a, I understand that. That's why he stands out. But he's not going to let go. And so she said to me, uh, all of them are not good people. I said, who are the good people? And she, she started naming them. I knew the people well. There were some of them that were not saved. Amen? And so she picked all of those that were saved, and those were the good people. And so I knew she knew the good people. And then said, who are the bad people? And she picked those that were not saved. They were the bad people. So they have a way of knowing. And so she was bragging, and uh, I listened to her for a while, and I figured, she's just bragging on this demon. God, you're right. She doesn't want out. What she wanted, she wanted the power, but she didn't want the inconvenience of having this thing dominate her life. She wanted a little freedom. So I clearly understood. But I was frustrated by this, what she was telling me. And I said, but God also speaks to me. And immediately those words came out of my mouth. I saw the demon in the picture right in front of me. I know you're thinking he has this great horn and all of that. No, he didn't have something like that. He looked strange, but not with the horn. He looked just like a person. His hair just flowing down. She, we are African. This demon was of another race, the way he appeared. So I used the race and I asked, what does, is this spirit, this type? And she jumped up from my chair. How did you know that? I said, my God told me. His eyes are like, not your eyes, his eyes are like pure gold. You know? Gold. It looked ugly to me, but to her, it's kind of pretty. I don't know why. But, uh, so I asked her, what about his eyes? And she, again, she jumped from my chair. She says, yeah. And she agreed, yes, that's the way it looked. And then I told her, because what God has told me, I, I'm not going to pray for you anymore. It's over. My mother came and begged, please pray for my sister. I said, I'm not going to do it. My her brother was uh, my schoolmate. Before I got saved, he knew me well, Joseph. He came because he thought he was going to influence me. I was being stubborn. He said, good luck. We are friends. Please pray for my sister. I said, Joseph, remember? Look at me. You see me? This is good luck, remember? I'm good luck, okay? I'm not different. I'm the same good luck with your friend. I don't have anything. I don't have any extra power like you're thinking that I can use whenever I want. I said, it's God that heals people. Your sister doesn't want to be free. Beg your sister to be free, and I'll take care of it. Paul will tell you the same story, but that's how the, that thing ended, because I insisted I'm not going to do it until she agreed. But I, then I left and came to the U.S. The reason I'm sharing this with you, I was very busy working with people, praying for them, doing all, what I know to do as a Christian. Not a minister. Amen? Not a minister. But God could use you if you're ready to be used. He'll show you these things. And what you do is ask a question. I didn't tell her, I just saw that devil. No. I asked a question, right? That's what John Wimber did. Ask a question. Now, you're hearing me this morning and you're wondering, will God do that through me? If you're willing, he will do it. Amen? This is a past story, but he still does the same thing today. I still expect him to do that every time I'm ministering to people. Is the gifts are available. I don't try to work them up. I just follow what he's doing. 
Sometimes you go in your head and ask him, what are you doing? What's happening here? He'll speak back to you or work with you. That's ministry, amen? That's what this thing is all about. I thank God that as a, uh, not as a preacher, but as a, a lay person, God taught me these things, amen? And you can learn as well, and God can use you. And that's what I want the Our Fellowship to be like, amen? I want ministers all over the place with great power reaching out to people and ministering to them. Then the kingdom of God will really be on the earth, right? That's what this is all about. Not pastor is this, and we're here now. We're brothers and sisters, all of us doing kingdom work, using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what the church is all about. And what God has committed to me, and Paul said, I never held anything back. I gave you everything that I know. That's what I'm trying to do. And as I speak the words, and as you hear the words, God is impacting faith into your heart. And if you go out tomorrow, and you want to reach out to people, guess what? You'll be amazed. The word of wisdom will be there for you. The word of knowledge will be there for you. And you can speak words of prophecy into their lives. And then they begin to wonder, man, this is great. And then, from ordinary, God is taking you to a large place. Amen. This is what this is all about. And that's what I feel like God wants me to teach on this. He graduated and he needed to healing. We'll talk about healing next time. Uh, maybe beginning next week and then we'll go into our healing service. And I'm going to teach you how to pray for the sick. And how to pray for people to be healed. It's not as hard as you think. We'll talk about it. And then many of you will be healing people in the name of Jesus. Some people say, well, don't say I'm healing people. Well, read the scriptures. <laughs> okay? Paul laid his hands and healed them. Does that know what the Bible says? He didn't say, Paul laid his hands and Jesus healed him. He says, Paul laid his hands and healed him. We all know who is healing. So don't come with this false humility. It's not me. It's the Lord. We know it's the Lord. It's not you. You can't do it. Amen? So we're ready. How many ready for God to use them? That's what we're all ready for. And please, let's come on Wednesday night and God will be here. If two or three gather together in my name... There I am in the midst of them. And he works with us, whatever we're doing, to make sure his word does not fall to the ground. That's the confidence I have, because his word is always true. And if we act according to his word, he works for us. Some of us will prophesy, there's never prophesied before. That will be the beginning. Don't give it up. Stir up the gift. Amen? Stir up the gift of God that is in you. And some of us, we can actually lay hands on you and prophesy over you the gift, like Paul did. And he says to Timothy, don't neglect the gifts that were given to you by the laying on of my hands. And prophecy. So, pastor can lay his hands on you and speak. I say, well, let's go get Paul from heaven. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, don't do that. Just pray. So, pastor can lay his hands on you and speak a word. From the Father. And God gives you the gift. And now it's your turn to stir up the gift. And then you become a great evangelist. And then me, for me, I will re rejoice. I taught him everything that he knows now. Can you stand up with me this morning? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Jesus said, God is spirit. And he's seeking those that will worship him to worship him how? In spirit and in truth. Not just truth, which is important, but truth and spirit. We're talking today about both truth and the working of the Holy Spirit. Who is with us till the end, till Jesus comes. He is the Lord of the harvest. Bow your head with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, I don't really know God the way I would like to know Him. I want you to pray with me. I want to know Jesus. These things that you're saying, I want to be a part of it. But at first, I want to give myself totally to God. Maybe you were saved before, but you haven't been doing much in God. You, you strayed away, but you want to come back home today. If you are that person, I want to pray with you. Every one of you, I want to pray with you this morning. All heads bow and all eyes closed. You are that person this morning. Would you just raise your hand up quickly and put it right back down? Thank you. Any other? Thank you. Thank you. Please be sincere with God. If you really mean it, God will come into your heart and begin a new work in you. Father, I thank you for those that have put up their hands this morning. And Lord, I thank you for those that really want to put up their hands, but they are still being hindered within because of the enemy's fight against their lives. I pray for your blessings upon them. I pray for boldness. I pray that even in their own private time, they will spend time talking to you so that you can heal them and bring them to a saving knowledge of your grace. Lord, we thank you. I pray for your people today. I pray that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just as we've spoken this morning, will be released upon this congregation. Lord, I believe that you have a great place for us to go. You have a great plan for your people in this church. And Lord, you are preparing us for signs and wonders. Because your word tells us, for signs and wonders, I and the people, the children that you have given, you have given to me, they are for signs and wonders. And I believe that's what you're giving to us. And the signs do follow us. We believe in the signs. We will act on the signs because of your grace. I thank you, Lord, for your people today. Go with us, Lord God. Help us to continue to meditate on what we have heard. And Lord, use us. Give us opportunities to be used. So we know that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. And He has anointed us to bring freedom to those who are bound. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you with this message.